politics, power, and the people. From Washington, D.C., this is The Week on the Hill. The impeachment inquiry into Donald J. Trump, the 45th president of the United States. Is this what Americans should now expect from their president? If this is not impeachable conduct, what is? Anyone familiar with the Democrats' scorched earth war against President Trump would not be surprised to see all the typical signs that this is a carefully orchestrated media smear campaign. Public hearings begin in the impeachment inquiry for only the third time in U.S. history. The first hearing of the House Intelligence Committee under the glare of TV lights and a national audience began with the statements of its chairman, Adam Schiff, and the ranking Republican, Devin Nunes. The questions presented by this impeachment inquiry are whether President Trump sought to exploit that ally's vulnerability and invite Ukraine's interference in our elections. What we will witness today is a televised theatrical performance staged by the Democrats. But the main performance, the Russia hoax, has ended. And you've been cast in the low-rent Ukrainian sequel. I'm WTOP's Mitchell Miller, and the public hearings continued on Friday with testimony from former U.S. Ambassador Marie Ivanovich, with many more witnesses to come. But the first witnesses of the public phase of the inquiry were the acting ambassador to Ukraine, Bill Taylor, and State Department official George Kent, who between them have 70 years of public service. My name is George Kent, and I am the Deputy Assistant Secretary of State for Eastern Europe and the Caucasus. I have served proudly as a nonpartisan career foreign service officer for more than 27 years under five presidents, three Republican and two Democrat. I am nonpartisan and have been appointed to my positions by every president from President Reagan to President Trump. Both of them outlined their extensive work with Ukraine and their growing concerns as they learned that the Trump administration was carrying out what appeared to be a two-track foreign policy. Taylor described it to the committee. I found a confusing and unusual arrangement for making U.S. policy towards Ukraine. There appeared to be two channels of U.S. policymaking and implementation, one regular and one highly irregular. As the acting ambassador, I had authority over the regular, formal diplomatic processes, including the bulk of the U.S. effort to support Ukraine against Russian invasion and to help it defeat corruption. My colleague, Deputy Assistant Secretary of State George Kent, and our colleagues at the National Security Council were my main points of contact in Washington in this regular channel. At the same time, however, I encountered an irregular, informal channel of U.S. policymaking with respect to Ukraine, unaccountable to Congress, a channel that included then-Special Envoy Kurt Volker, U.S. Ambassador to the European Union Gordon Sondland, Secretary of Energy Rick Perry, White House Chief of Staff Mick Mulvaney, and, as I subsequently learned, Mr. Giuliani. I was clearly in the regular channel, but I was also in the irregular one to the extent that Ambassadors Volker and Sondland including me in certain conversations. Although this irregular channel was well-connected in Washington, it operated mostly outside of official State Department. 
Taylor went on to discuss what became the most surprising and newsworthy moment of the hearing, telling lawmakers that one of his aides recently informed him of a phone call that the aide overheard between President Trump and the U.S. Ambassador to the European Union, Gordon Sondland. The call was made at a restaurant in Kyiv on July 26th, a day after President Trump had spoken with his Ukrainian counterpart. It suggested the president was more deeply involved in issues related to Ukraine and efforts to get the country to carry out an investigation into the president's political rivals. Following the call with President Trump, the member of my staff asked Ambassador Sondland what President Trump thought about Ukraine. Ambassador Sondland responded that President Trump cares more about the investigations of Biden which Giuliani was pressing for. But Republicans stressed the secondhand nature of Taylor and Kent's testimony, getting both to acknowledge that neither of them personally spoke with the president. And the counsel for the Republicans, Steve Castor, asked Kent about his concerns that Hunter Biden served on the board of a Ukrainian company when his father Joe Biden was vice president. Given Hunter Biden's role in Burisma's board of directors, at some point you testified in your deposition that you expressed some concern to the vice president's office. Is that correct? That is correct. And what did they do about that concern that you expressed? Uh, I have no idea. I reported my concern to the office of the vice president. The vice president's engagement in Ukraine didn't decrease, did it? Correct, because the vice president was promoting U.S. policy objectives in Ukraine. And Hunter Biden's role on the board of Burisma didn't cease, did it? Uh, to the best of my knowledge, it didn't, and my concern was that there was uh, the possibility of a perception of a conflict of interest. The public hearings on Friday moved on to the former ambassador to Ukraine, Marie Yovanovitch, who said she was the victim of a smear campaign that included corrupt Ukrainian politicians and the president's personal attorney, Rudy Giuliani. I do not understand Mr. Giuliani's motives for attacking me, nor can I offer an opinion on whether he believed the allegations he spread about me. Clearly, no one at the State Department did. In an unprecedented moment for the impeachment proceedings, President Trump criticized Yovanovitch on Twitter, saying everywhere Marie Yovanovitch went turned bad. House Intelligence Committee Chairman Adam Schiff picked up on the tweet during the hearing. And now the president in real time is attacking you. What effect do you think that has on other witnesses' willingness to come forward and expose wrongdoing? Well, uh, it's very intimidating. It's designed to intimidate, is it not? I I mean, I can't speak to what the president is trying to do, but I think the effect is to be intimidating. President Trump says he has a right to his opinion and free speech, but Democrats were highly critical of him. I spoke about it with Virginia Congressman Jerry Connolly. You've been in a lot of hearings. Have you ever seen a situation like this where a witness was actually testifying and then somebody from outside was trying to undermine them? And that somebody being the President of the United States? No, I have not. Um, I believe it's an illegal act, by the way, (laughs) in most courts of law. Uh, And it reminded me of some scenes from movies about Al Capone where they did uh, witness tampering and jury tampering to uh, obviously influence the outcome in favor of Al Capone. And it worked a number of times, unfortunately. Ultimately, it did not work, but only when a judge switched juries. And it was a shameful episode by the president. And it puts uh, Ambassador Yovanovitch, who's already 
under understandable distress from the smear and slander campaign she's been subject to, under even more stress because this kind of thing can put you, you know, can put your physical security at risk given the world we live in today. But Republicans remain highly critical of how Democrats are conducting the impeachment proceedings. And Congressman Devin Nunes questions why the former ambassador was called to testify. I'm not exactly sure uh, what the ambassador is doing here today. Uh, this is the House Intelligence Committee that's now turned into the House Impeachment Committee. The Intelligence Committee will have more witnesses in the impeachment inquiry as the proceedings move forward. Among the more than half-dozen witnesses scheduled to testify publicly is the U.S. Ambassador to the European Union, Gordon Sondland, who was on a phone call with President Trump that was overheard by diplomatic official David Holmes. Sondland is expected to be grilled about that phone call, in which the president is said to have shown a strong interest in a Ukrainian investigation into the Bidens. Former Vice President Joe Biden and and his son Hunter Biden, who once served on the board of a Ukrainian company. It's an issue that's at the heart of the impeachment inquiry, which is only about to intensify. I'm WTOP's Mitchell Miller, and this is The Week on the Hill. 